Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Um, I hope everyone's awake. I don't know if you could tell, but I was totally already like to get service started. I'm too excited. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Merry Christmas, Merry right? Christmas. Okay, speaking of Christmas, we have our Seawalk family Christmas tonight. Mm -hmm. It's tonight. It starts at 6 o'clock, so be here. But if you are a child or a parent of a child that yeah, is in our play today, program, Christmas program, I would like you guys to be here by five, so an hour beforehand by five, so we can practice on stage today and get them real comfortable, okay? So again, Christmas party, the RC Walk Family Christmas, that's at six, but if you have a child in the Christmas program, please come at five so we can go ahead and get you know, get comfortable and practice with that. Um, also, speaking of our Seawalk Family Christmas, we are still doing finger foods and soups. Also, we are doing a Christmas cookie competition. All right, so I'm really excited about that. Christmas cookies. So, all right, raise your hand if you're doing the Christmas cookie. Uh, I got one. I got two. All right, I need another people. I need more people. More people. All right, I'll, I'll count Kevin as two, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pass the mic over to Aunt Dawn, my Aunt Dawn, and Miss Pat Mobley. They are going to be talking about the golf tournament. Dear Dawn, we're still in the club. We're still in the club. So good morning, everyone. Morning. We are getting very close to the golf tournament. You may say, oh, that's April 28th. Well, that's coming quicker, just like Christmas did. It's coming quicker than we think. Um, some of you we've asked to sponsor, and we're asking that you kind of at least make a commitment that you will sponsor, whether you write the check in December or January or February. Um, we just need to know that we can count on you. One thing that we've heard some feedback on is that my business may not want to sponsor because the children's home's in Turbyville. Well, the players likely are from West Columbia and Columbia. And it doesn't matter where these children are from. They're in unfortunate circumstances, and they need your help. We are going down on Thursday, Thursday to see um, Tim Moore, and, and he's the director of the home. And we're going to touch base as to what's going on down there and where we are on the bathrooms. But, you know, if you can't... Today, pay $125 to sponsor a hole or $500 or whatever your number is. Please just make a pledge. Yes, and you know, Dawn, I'm really excited about this, and I'm encouraged because not only is our Seawalk family participating in this, we also have friends and relatives outside of the church that go to Aiken, that are in North Augusta, that are telling us that they're going to be sponsoring and donating to this worthy cause. And I want to remind you, we have a brand new set of Callaway Golf Clubs that is going to be one of our raffle items. And we have some Ducks Unlimited putters. And we are getting donations of items, but we need financial support. So we please put us on your um, agenda to take care of those children. Absolutely. Don, we know that everyone will be participating because we know how much you love the orphanage. So thank you in advance for all that you're going to be doing for the golf tournament. Oh, and we also still need players. We need teams. Because Pat and I don't play. We don't know how. <laughs> so please bear with us and help us out, okay?
All right. Well, like they said, if you are considering um, or, you know, you don't have the money right now, please, if you can, make a pledge. This is very important. It's very biblical. We take care of widows and we take care of the orphans, right? right. Um, pass the mic to Pastor Charlie. Good morning, Crossroads. Good morning. How many are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. Amen. You know, I, there's this lady at work that... Um, She's our receptionist, so I see her every morning when I go into work. And no matter how bad we're feeling or know how bad that morning went, we always repeat to her, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you understand that is a purpose-driven intention to be glad. It doesn't mean that i got to wait on my circumstances or feeling. So if you would, let's stand with me today as we profess our faith statement over our lives and over our offering. We are sword drawn, word ready, purpose filled. We will not be denied. And in Jesus' name, we will do everything, not somehow, but triumphantly. Amen. Today, we have offering baskets set up here on either side, and there's some on the front pew here. If you, during service or whenever you feel led, if you want to bring your offering up, you're welcome to leave it in the basket. You can put it under the door. You can mail it in. You can do it online. So we have several ways to give. Now, let's profess our faith statement, and our faith statement means we are believing these things, right? All right, let's say our faith statement over our offering. As we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, Blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Yes. Church, you know, this season that we're in right now, we call the Christmas season. And it's an exciting time, especially if we have little ones. But you know what? It's also an exciting time for us adults because it's not about all the things that we see or get or do. It's about the Lord and Savior. And I'm going to read from you today a very familiar passage from Luke, um, starting in verse 8, where the angels appeared to the shepherd and made the annunciation to the world that Christ had come. And what's important about Christ coming as a baby was because there was a cross at the end of his life. And it's not because of Jesus as a baby that we're saved, but it's at the cross that he bare. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you 
good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the King, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Amen. Amen. You ready to worship Jesus this morning together? I invite you to come on up close together like we've been in the habit of doing just to get close. What Charlie was talking about, I told the praise team earlier, you know, in the Christmas story, the wise men brought gifts. The shepherds, no doubt, probably bought a little lamb or something. But what did the angels do? They worshiped. Glory to God in the highest. That's what they're created to do is worship. And that's what they did. They did it in heaven. And when Jesus was born, they kept on worshiping. Come on, let's join them today. Come on, come on up front. Let's join together. Let's sing together. Here we go. Who died? 
in this place last Sunday. Now what I'm not seeing, thats it's, I feel it in my spirit. What we're not seeing from the congregation is a response of praise this Sunday for what he did last Sunday. And I feel a heaviness in this sanctuary. I do. I feel it right now. But when the Lord moves, we need to respond by praise. Can I tell you one thing I took note about Miss Rhonda was that the Sunday after the Lord healed her body, she came up front and praised him for what he had done. The Lord healed a lot of people last Sunday, mentally, physically healed people last Sunday. But I'm believing he wants to do more today. And I want to pray for you today. As your shepherd, I need to know. I don't always know what's going on. But if you want prayer today, for whatever it may be that's going on in your life, I want you to come up to this altar and I want to anoint you for healing today. So those of you who were healed last Sunday, I want to see you praising for what he did last Sunday. For those of you who are still believing for breakthrough, I want you to come to the altar right now. Right now. Jesus, Jesus. 
Come on, when you adore somebody, you just want to be with them all the time. You want to be around them all the time. You want to talk about them all the time. You want to be where they are. You want to make plans with them. You adore them. People begin to say, you know what? You act like that person. You remind me of that person. Why? Because you adore them. You just want to be like them in every way. Come on, that's how we should be with Jesus. We just want to be in his presence no matter where we are. We want to be like him. We want to show his love to people around us because we adore him. We want people to say, you know what? There's something different about you. Why? Because you adore Jesus. You just want to do the things that he would do, do it the way he would do it because you adore him. Come on, that's the cry of my heart. That's what I want for my life, to people see Jesus in me. Is that what you want this morning? Come on, let's say it again together. Oh, come let us Lord, we adore you.
on. This is going 24-7 in heaven. Don't get tired with this.
All right, Children's Church, Children's Church, you are now dismissed to Pastor Serena in the back. Children will be in the activity center for their final dress rehearsal and practice. Well, they practice at five, but final dress rehearsal on Sunday because tonight is the children's production. So Children's Church and any of those teenagers, anybody who's involved in the production tonight for our Seawalk Family Christmas, there we go. Lord Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Please give me in person. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. This is why we're here. This is why the church was established. Not, not for the cool services, not for the music, not any of this. It was formed to see people healed, restored, and set free. That's why we're here. Everything else to that is secondary. Will you please stand with me as we pray? Raise your hands with me as we just surrender and thank the Father for everything he's doing. Father, thank you for what we're seeing in this house. Thank you for our people who are receptive to this, Father God. Receptive to the leading of the Spirit, to the anointing of healing, Lord God. 
And I knew this was always meant to be a house of healing, but we are seeing the first fruits of the healing in this house. But saints, I feel this in my spirit. You got to receive it. Okay. Faith has to be in two places. The one who is receiving and the one who is giving. So when, when you're coming asking for prayer, you got to have faith in your heart that the prayer that is coming forward in faith will, will take root and heal your body. So right now, Father God, make us a people of deeper faith. Make us a people that hope against hope itself because the one who promised is faithful. Lord God, make us a people of faith who walk according to your will and your word. King Jesus, thank you. Y'all rejoice. Just thank him real quick. God, we thank you for who you are. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Yahweh, the God of the universe. Praise you, Father. Thank you for healing in our bodies, healing in our families, healing in our minds. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Father, we give you praise in all things, Lord God. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Yes, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this house. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you. Lord God, let your word achieve what you meant for it to achieve today, Lord God. Go forth into our minds and our spirits, Lord God. Let us focus on you. Let's let this word take root in our very beings, Lord God. We thank you for this day. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I kind of just want to go home. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be long because I don't even, I don't know what else I can say besides this is what, what we were, here, that's what we're here for. This, this is the purpose of church. You understand? Healing, healing, restoration, redemption, freedom. That is the purpose of why I'm here. That's, that's the purpose of why I'm here. I, I know God called me here for a purpose and we are seeing the first fruits of that. I Listen, th this is the way I live. I don't know how long God is going to have me here because the thing is where the spirit leads you, you have to go. But I know he put me here for a purpose, whether that's five years or 50 years, he put me here for a purpose. And the fact we are seeing that purpose come to fruition in the first six months is blowing my mind. It's, it's absolutely blowing my mind that we're seeing these things that this church has prayed for year after year after year. And me and Pastor Betty had an honest conversation. We said we are sick and tired of hearing prophecies about this church. Every month someone's proclaiming we want to see it come to pass. We're tired of people telling us what we're going to be. We want to see the outpouring. You can tell me I'm going to be something great every day in my life, but if I'm nothing great, what does it mean to me? And so I believe we are seeing this church step foot into the prophecies that have been spoken for 20-odd years. And the fact we're not more excited right now is kind of bothering me. Why are we here? I might not even talk about this. We'll see. Why are we here? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. Do we come to sit and just be here? Is it a cool social club? I love every single one of you, but this isn't a club for me. When I step in this building, I step in this building with purpose. When I'm up here, I have purpose in mind. I'm praying, Father, put people's faces in my mind who won't even admit they need prayer, but need prayer. Because can I tell you, in this church, 
Some of us act like we got it all together. But I feel it in my spirit. Some of y'all have marriages that are falling apart in this church. And you sit in your seat. Oh, I'm good. I got it all together. Yo, that's not what the church is about. The church is not a social club for the prim and proper of society. This, this, this church is here for the broken. It's here for the needy. It's here for the hurting. And once you get your blessing, you better praise God, but then go pray for somebody else. And okay, I do got to be honest right now. I'm a little disappointed so many of you just stood in your seats and didn't come and pray for your brothers and sisters. The prayer of a righteous person avails much. Can I tell you, if you're in this room and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are a righteous person. Your prayers can avail much. And those who I pray for know I don't even pray long prayers. My prayers are like 10 to 30 seconds max, maybe a minute at tops. Why? Because God isn't just looking for a resounding gong of words. We are praying with definite faith statements and believing they are true. So as your pastor, next time we have a, a y'all, I call these group therapy sessions because I don't know what else to call them. When broken people come together, what is it besides a group therapy session? We're all broken. If we didn't have Jesus, we'd be a lot more broken. Praise God. He's restoring us. And that's beautiful. And you may say, you know, pastor, that's not in my comfort zone. This is not in my comfort zone. Being a pastor isn't in my comfort zone. Me and Pastor Charlie had an honest, because y'all, I'm just an honest person. Me and Pastor Charlie had a conversation. We said, what does it even mean to feel like a pastor? Because most days I feel like a CEO. I'm signing checks. I'm going through paperwork. I'm doing administration work. And some days I don't even know what it feels like to be a pastor. Can we just be honest? Because this modern American, I don't even think I wasn't going to get into any of this. This modern American church has built it like a business. And some of y'all are going to get offended. I know it right now. And that's okay. This is not a business. While there are aspects of business, money, finances, stewarding finances, paying bills, this is not a business. Everything else is secondary besides seeing people saved, healed, and delivered. So if we can't get excited about what happened here, what can we get excited about? If this church gets a million dollars, I guarantee in this, this, if this church has someone give us a million dollars and I told you all y'all would be standing up and cheering. Why? Because we could do some cool stuff with it. But we see people saved, healed, and delivered, and we just kind of sit there. Y'all, we got to check our spirits. Why are, oh Lord Jesus, why are we here? And I had to take an honest look at myself the past couple weeks. Because y'all remember I broke down here last week because I was holding so much in, struggling. Why are we here? I didn't come here to establish a mega church. I didn't come here to tickle anyone's ears. I came because the Lord sent me on a mission to this church to see revitalization in a dead church. Because this was a dead church. Y'all may not think it, but listen, this was a dead church. And the fact that we're not rejoicing over what happened today shows that we're still dead, but we're being revived. Yeah, I didn't plan it. Oh, Lord. <sighs> y'all, have y'all, have y'all heard some of the prophecies about this church? Like, it's crazy some of the stuff that's been said about what this church is going to do in the future. Like, I, I need to track down all of them, and I might email, do a huge email and just let y'all read the prophecies about this church. Because the stuff that was prophesied about this church for forever now, Lamont probably knows all of them. All these prophecies about this church, because he's, he's like 500 years old, so he's been here. Um, I had to. I couldn't turn that one down. I'm sorry. Um, but listen, the things that have been said about this church, it's wild. Like, stuff you, you read about in the Bible has been prophesied about this church. 
And I'm believing, y'all, when I read this, I live this. When I read in the book of Acts that even a handkerchief from Paul healed people, I believe that can happen. Y'all better be careful. I'm going to start throwing shoes at y'all. Take the healing. I'm just playing. Now, listen, I believe that book. Like, with everything that's in me, not saying I don't feel ridiculous sometimes for believing it, but I believe that book with everything that's in me. And I'm believing that those greater things, those latter-day reigns that have been prophesied, I believe they're coming. But are we ready to receive? If it were to fall right now, would you stay at this church or would you go to the Baptist church down the road because it's comfortable? You want, just some of y'all wanted transparency. I'm giving you transparency. I always do. I don't know how much more real I could be because why? I love y'all. Do you understand, y'all, this isn't just some religion. Y'all, these are questions I've been struggling. I'm not, forget this. Don't even look at that. I have been struggling with these questions of what does it mean to be a Christian in the modern era? Because we've turned religion just into something you do. This is what we do on Sundays. Y'all, if my faith does not work Sunday through Sunday, every day in between, I don't want it. If this faith of mine does not work in Target and Walmart and Lowe's and Dollar General and Dollar Tree and the restaurants I go to, if my faith does not work there, I don't want it. But a lot of us in the church, even this church, have a faith that only comes alive on Sunday mornings. And I'm telling you, if that's how you want to live, this is not the church for you. I'm telling you, if you respectively decide... I don't even know why this is happening. If you respectively decide you need to leave this church, come tell me I love you. It's okay. Why? Because every church is a family. But we, oh no, it's denomination versus denomination in church. No, I don't see it that way, man. But y'all, this church is about to step into something different. I mean, like something, something freaky different. Like something the American church has not seen in years. And if that, if what happens today makes you feel uncomfortable, if you cannot pray for your brothers or sisters in the faith, this may not be the place for you. Y'all, I love you and I love you enough to tell you I'm not content with you just coming and sitting here on Sunday mornings. I'm not content with that. Can I tell you the things we have coming in 2022? By the way, our Vision Sunday is next Sunday. Please be there if you can. We're talking about everything that's coming in the new year. But I'm expecting a lot more out of you guys in the new year. And I'm hoping y'all expect a lot more out of me. I'm being honest. If you are a member in this church, guess what? I'm expecting you to volunteer in at least one ministry. If you are a member in this church and you're not serving, that is a problem. I'm telling you right now, that's an issue. If you are a member in this church and you are not giving tithes and offerings, that is a problem. Oh, he just wants my money. No, I want you to be blessed. Can I tell you a little praise report? Y'all already know the story. When I had lost my job and I had just found out Serena was pregnant and I had no money, I continued to tithe. And God continued to pour out blessings. So I'm not a money grabber. When have I ever talked about money? I hate money. I genuinely hate money. But guess what? We need it to do the things God is birthing in this church. And more than that, I want you to be blessed. I want you to have your temple in order. That's what I was going to talk about today. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but listen, and guess what else? Guess what else? We have small groups coming. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. 
Why? Because small groups are a community. Every single person in this church will have a place to belong. You will never step in this church and feel like you don't belong here. Every single person. This is a church for the hurting and the needy and the broken. And we have to be a people willing to admit that we are needy, broken, and hurting people. Saved by an amazing Savior, but we're still human and we still struggle. If we come in here and act like we have it all put together, our families are hurting, our families are struggling, my job is horrible, all these things. If we act like we have it put together all the time, you will never be in a place ready to receive the blessing because you have not come to terms with reality. God is not the God of wishful thinking. We have to be real with ourselves. This has to be a real church with real people doing real life ministry. I'm not here to put on a show. This, I'm telling you right now, if, if y'all decided to fire me tomorrow, that's okay. Because what happened here was worth it. I'm being completely honest. Y'all, I go like the wind. I'm, I, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. And he's a mystery. I live that way. Y'all, I be going up to random people in stores and scaring the life out of them sometimes. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a mystery. And this is this. If nothing else, this is why I came here. See, families restored, minds restored, bodies restored and healed. People on fire for this truth, the eternal truth of the universe. Everything else to me is secondary. I'm being honest. So when some of you are getting irritated and mad over things this big, I need you to, I need you to remember this. While you see you, yourself, and your life, I see all this. Like, when, when y'all are mad over little things that happen, y'all have to remember, I'm trying to pastor 100 people and my own family and myself. So, you know, Paul wrote, I believe it was to the church in, in, in Corinth, he said, basically this, you ready? He said, make life easy for those who are guarding and watching over your souls. Who is that? Y'all. Make life easy for me. Because guess what? Guess what? If you make life easy for me, this church is going to explode. If y'all, if y'all go with what the Holy Spirit is leading, and y'all trust this young 25-year-old pastor where he wants to take us, y'all, this church will explode. But you got to make life easy for me. And guess what? I'm going to say it again because it's been going on. I'm, I'm going to call out some stuff, y'all, because I feel the Holy Spirit. This is, a, this is a birthing process for what's coming next Sunday. Because I need y'all to be on board, but I also need y'all to know. Slandering my name is unacceptable. I'm telling you right now, if you are mad and frustrated, especially leadership, don't you dare go and talk to your friend in this church about me. Y'all, I'm not playing. That is un- You can be mad with me, but come talk to me. Oh, I'm a big boy, y'all. Y'all, I was in conflict management before I came to this church, so I know how to handle it. Come to me. If you are mad, angry, frustrated with the ministry, come to me or Pastor Charles and we will sit down and talk about it. But listen, it is unacceptable for you to get angry and mad and slander me to other people. I don't, I don't care how close you are with that person. And gossip is not allowed. Y'all, I've said the only spirit here is allowed is the Holy Spirit. Y'all, we have set order in this church. If you step outside of the order, we will bring you back. Maybe even forcefully if we have to. I'm just saying. We will sit down and talk. Y'all, for too long, we've gone willy-nilly. I don't even care how close you are to me. I don't care. I am your pastor. Y'all, can I tell you the person who I feel like, the two people who I feel like respect me the most? I'm just being honest. Can I be real? One is my Uncle Mark, wherever he is. Y'all, he's my uncle, and he calls me pastor. And he defends me as his pastor, not, not his nephew, as his pastor. And C.E. Chavis, I know he's always got my back. 
And can I tell you, it's important for your pastor to feel like you have, you have his back. Because some of y'all, I'm being honest, I don't know. Even those of you who are close to me, I, I genuinely don't know. Because listen, I got to tell you this. Y'all, I'm, I'm letting you know, because this is the church you're in now. I'm letting you know. Everything that is said in this church gets back to me. I know those who have talked bad about me. I may never approach you because, you know, it's okay. I love you. And sometimes people say stuff. But I guarantee if you've ever said anything about me, I know. And so we as a church have to be careful how we talk about our pastor. Because can I tell you the number one thing that breaks churches down is infighting. Civil wars break out in churches all the time. So that means we have to guard what God has given us to steward here. Can I tell you, you're a steward of this church. If you go here, if you're a member here, you are a steward of this church. You are responsible for what happens here. Good or bad. And y'all, where we're going is going to be uncomfortable for a lot of people, even myself. It's going to be uncomfortable. When, when we see Brother Kenny miraculously healed and people like that in that paralytic state, people are going to be freaked out. But we're going to see it come to pass. I believe that with my entire heart. I believe that. But we have to get on the same page going forward. Listen, I don't care how it's always been done. Pastor Charlie, when we first started, he said, this is a new day. It's a new day. We're going to do things differently. Things are going to change. I told every single one of you, you've got six months to get used to me being your senior pastor, and then things are going to change. I told everyone that. Did I not? Guess what? I'm a man of my word. It's been six months. And you know what's, cra- you know what's even crazier? From the moment I said that, God had not released any plan for me for 2022 until it has hit six months. Freaky, y'all. I'm not even joking. I had been trying to plan for 2022. But guess what? December 1st hit, and it fled in. Boom! Hit me like a flood. Ask your council and staff. We have a full blueprint for 2022. And God held me to my word. He says, son, I'm not giving you anything until six months. Because I told y'all. I promised y'all. But I need all of us pushing towards the same thing. If, If our number one goal is not to see people healed, saved, and delivered, and set free... Well, this might not be the church for you. Because our whole focus, our whole mission is going to be see, seeing people healed, restored, delivered, and set free. If you want more than that, I'm sorry. I'm a very simple-minded man. I look at Jesus and that's about it. So if you want some deep theologically going to take you like a billion pages into that Bible, I'm sorry, I'm probably not your guy. When I take you deeper than you've ever been, most likely... But it's not just going to be in the Word. It's going to be in life too. Because following the Spirit is not just reading your Bible. Following the Spirit is obeying Him in public. When it's uncomfortable, when people are going to look at you weird and point and probably take... I've had people video record me before. Listen, when it gets uncomfortable, are we going to follow the Spirit? So, you know, let, let's, get into this, let's get into this just a little bit. Let's get into this a little bit. Um, union, because this, this is just going to help us bring things together. Union, what is that? That's our oneness with Jesus, right? We're, we don't just have relationship with Jesus. We are one with Jesus. We have the very spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Those who are joined to Christ are now one spirit with Christ Jesus. And so we hear this all the time. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But no one ever explains that, right? Like, what does it mean that I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit? And so I just want to walk through what that means in the modern era, in the modern day, 
how do we walk and move and breathe as the very living temple of the living spirit? The first thing is temples in the Old Testament, temples in the Old Testament were specifically erected and built towards specific, a specific deity or specific deities. All right, that temple, when you would go into a city, you knew who that temple was for. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And what's even crazier is entire cities were built around temples. So, so the center of everything was the temple. It was the place of worship. And everything to do with that temple had to do with the deity or deities who were ruling and reigning over that temple. So you walk in, you got statues erected, you got signs erected. Everything is pointing towards these deities. Okay? So you would easily know what God's temple it was as soon as you walked into it. And more than that, the priests and priestesses who were there belonged to that deity and that deity alone. They, they committed their whole lives to this deity, to serving in that temple, serving that deity. So you can imagine in that time period, temples were what? Important. Temples were super important, right? They were in the culture. They, they were the middle of culture, society. Everything revolved around the temples. If you look anywhere in the Old Testament, they're everywhere. Even the New Testament. Do you understand? Majority of the places Paul went, he was trying to convert those who were serving other gods in temples. Majority of the places he went, he was going to temples, preaching the gospel. That's what Paul did. Why? Because he wanted to bring people to the one true God. And so that's the world these people were in, right? And then we have Jesus come onto the scene, right? So Jesus comes, and everything in his society is built around religion, right? His entire culture is a religion. They all do the same things, pushing towards the same things. The temple was sacred, and that's the way they held it. But here comes Jesus, right? And you know, the moment Jesus steps foot on the scene, change is coming every single time. And can I tell you, in your own life, when Jesus steps foot on the scene, things change. He changes everything. All it takes is for him to put one finger on it, and it's done. It's over. So Jesus comes on the scene, right? And for 30 years, he lives this perfect life, and he's baptized by John the baptizer, and he comes out in the water, and what happens? A dove lands upon his shoulder, the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, the need for a holy place was nullified because Jesus became the walking, talking temple of Yahweh. And so we, it's very subtle, but we see a huge transition. Jesus is baptized. Boom, here's the temple. Everything else is nullified. Thousands of years of religion are completely nullified. Jesus lives his life. He's going on. He's going to temples. And what is he proclaiming? I'm the one. I'm the one you've been looking for. Every temple he goes to, I'm the one. It's me. Every scripture points towards who? Jesus. And so Jesus makes this crazy comment that makes people go wild. He says, destroy this temple. And where is he standing? In a temple. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it back up. Are you joking me? It took years to build this temple. You're, you're insane. You're crazy. What was he talking about? Why? Because he was the walking, talking, living temple of Yahweh. What they had been waiting for their entire lives and for generations had happened in front of their very eyes, but they missed it. I bet a lot of y'all missed that too. It's subtle. It nullified everything of the religion because here was Jesus. Walking, talking, temple of the Holy 
spirit. And one thing that always stood out to me, and now I see and it makes so much sense, was Jesus was zealous for the house of his father. What was that? The temple of Yahweh. He was zealous. What did he do at one point? Ran in and flipped tables. How dare you turn this to a den of thieves, this place of worship? But can I tell you the same way he was zealous for that? He is now zealous for us. We are now the temple of his father. And the same way Jesus was zealous for the temple of Yahweh, he is now zealous for the temples of Yahweh. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, the spirit of God lives in you. You're a walking, talking temple of Yahweh. Let me tell you this. Jesus, all right, comes in and he puts in place the example for us to live by. And what is that example? He was the first person ever worthy of the Holy Spirit in filling. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was touch and go. He would come upon a mighty warrior and go. Come upon this person and go. Jesus was the first one ever worthy for the Spirit of God to indwell. Why? Because he was the perfect temple. Why? Because he was designed and built by God. God has never lived in a temple he did not create nor design. He never has. He never will. It's never happened. The Father created our bodies, did he not? Sin comes in and corrupts this temple. We serve other gods. The Holy Spirit comes into us and cleanses this temple. Right? But first, Jesus died so these temples can be redeemed. So the Father built this body right here. Jesus died so this body could be redeemed. And now the Holy Spirit infills me so I can walk as a living, moving, breathing temple of Yahweh. So everywhere you look in this room, there's a bunch of temples. We're going to talk about what that means in a minute. We are temples and can this, this right here, this is so important. We've got to remind ourselves. We were always meant to live in union with the Holy Trinity. That was always the purpose. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. What happened there? Sin came and destroyed relationship. Is that not what happened? We were always, humans were created. What did I just say? God does not live in a temple he did not create. We as human beings were literally created by the Father to live in union with the Holy Trinity. That was always our purpose. And more importantly than that, the fact that the Holy Spirit, that God chooses for his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, means this, that we are a holy place. Everywhere you tread your foot is a holy place. Everywhere Jesus walked was a holy place. And when we see ourselves as a holy place, Y'all, your entirety, your spiritual life, your mental life, your physical life, you are a holy place. Tell yourself that. Say it. I am a holy place. Now, that's a lot different than we usually think about ourselves, is it not? But God never lived in a place that was not holy. You are a holy place. And what's even crazier is this. The God of the universe chose you to be his dwelling place. So not only did he ordain you as a holy place, you are his chosen dwelling place that he chooses to live inside of us. What? The God of the universe chooses to live inside of me. Does that blow anyone else's mind? Why would the infinite God with infinite power choose a very weak little man who is five foot seven? Why would he choose me? Does, 
can't comprehend. It's a mystery of the gospel. So we've got this laid out. Now let's look at what does that mean for us in the modern era to be his temple. I want everyone to say, you are his temple. Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 25. Acts chapter 17, 24 through 25. This is Paul speaking to a group of Athenians, very intelligent. They're philosophers, man. They meet in this place where all they talk about is philosophy. Very educated men. The God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by human hands. Whoa, that, that kind of throws their entire religion out the window, doesn't it? Because to the Jews, right, you had to go into the temple to what? Experience God, have revelation of God, be forgiven of your sins. What does Paul say? Which completely nullifies everything their religion taught them. That the God of the universe does not dwell in temples made by hands. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. So what does Paul bring us to the point of? God no longer dwells in a temple made by human hands. That's the old way of thinking. That's, this church, God does not dwell in this building. <gasps> you can experience God outside of this building. Why? He lives in you. So, What's blowing my mind that I'm realizing more and more is that when churches come together, we beg God to be with us in a building. But he's already with us. Everywhere, God, come in this house. He's in this house. He's in that house. Cool, he's in your house. So we don't have to beg God to come be in some building when he literally lives inside of us. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. And coming to him, Jesus, as to a living stone, wise being built up, which has been rejected by people, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay, the first thing I need you to write down out of this. God chose you as his temple, and he is building you up. He is building you up. He is taking you as these building blocks, and he is building you as a temple. Can I tell you, he is the one who started the work. He will see it unto completion. You don't have to do the work. You don't have to build the temple. Allow him to build your, your temple. You are chosen, and he is building you up. And listen, I, I want everyone to say this. God wants to use me. I want you to say it again. Say it one more time. Repetition is key. God wants to use me. Some of you in this room may feel like because of things you've done, things you are doing, disqualifies you from being used. God wants to use you and he wants to live in you. 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Paul was saying this, reminding the, Corinth, the people in Corinth 
because they had started, started living in sexual immorality. Y'all, they were doing things that even the Gentiles looked at, like those who were way far from the faith, and were like, that's disgusting. A man was literally having relations with his stepmother. Like, weird, weird stuff was happening, right? And so it's kind of like the day and age we live in, where there's some crazy stuff happening. So Paul, and y'all, sometimes I, I feel like I just want to get in your face and remind you of this. So ready? This is y'all for y'all from me. Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Because the majority of us would not be doing these things we did if we knew. So I want us to say three times. Ready? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ready? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I need some of y'all to start repeating these things. Listen, put a sticky note on your refrigerator. Remind yourself every single day of who you are. If anyone destroys the temple of God, God will destroy that person. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. You're a holy place, chosen by a holy God to be a holy indwelling for a holy spirit. You are a holy place. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Can I tell you, this life living for Jesus gets a lot easier when we realize this life is not my own. Say it with me three times. This life is not my own. This life is not my own. This life is not my own. Y'all probably think I sound like a cult leader or something. No. Listen, repetition is key. Why? Because some of y'all are not living that way. And I'm your pastor. I know about it. But guess what? I want you to live that way. I want you to live as a beautiful temple built for the Holy Spirit. I want you to live that way. For you have been bought, oh Lord Jesus, you have been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. One example we can take from Jesus is this. When, number two, when people interact with you, they have the opportunity to experience the power of his spirit. Just by talking to people in the marketplace, just by talking to your employer, your employees, they have the opportunity to experience the power of God in you. Why? Because you are his walking, talking temple. What does that mean? Everything outside of your life, which you are in control of, and everything in your life, which you are in control of, should look like Jesus. Why? Because we said temples in the Old Testament Everything in that temple represented that God. What God are we serving? What has been built in your temple? What have you allowed to be built up and erected towards other gods? What does our temple look like? The power of God is in you. Number three, this is so important. Wherever you go, the kingdom of God is there. How could we ever be afraid? How could we ever genuinely fear when everywhere we go, the kingdom of God is with us? You know what's beautiful about the kingdom of God? Remember I told you kingdoms are built around temples. What does that mean? The kingdom is built around us everywhere we go. But it's beautiful because this, while America, the United States, right, we're stagnant. We're not going anywhere. The United States is here. Russia, there. China is there. The kingdom of God moves. 
and it conquers everywhere it goes. So how could we ever be afraid when the kingdom we belong to is ever evolving, ever growing, ever conquering, and is never stagnant? Listen, you cannot be led by the Holy Spirit and think your life is stagnant and boring. Your job may be stagnant and and boring, but what the Holy Spirit has you doing there is not stagnant and boring. Y'all, a lot of us have been dormant temples for far too long. The cobwebs are everywhere. You are his walking, talking kingdom. Man, I, I heard this one pastor say, and I agree. He said, I'm sick and tired of people praying for a move of God. He said, just get out and move. You're not, are we not the kingdom built up and erected by Jesus as a temple Showing to the world, we don't have to sit and pray for 20 hours a day begging God to move. We simply have to do what he says when he says it. I'm saying all this, y'all, because in 2022, we are doing. We are putting our hand to the plow and we are building something here. But we have to be obedient to be living, moving, walking temples of the Holy Spirit to see it fully achieved. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 through 16. We're going to read it in two different versions. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips praising his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. So we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices... But through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. We will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness for others. For these are the true sacrifices that delight the heart of God. Oh my goodness. Listen. Our sacrifices as the new temple, praise and worship, good works to those around you, and sharing with the needy and your local church. Animal sacrifices are no longer accepted here. He does not want those. So if we know for a fact the three sacrifices that God now wants are praise and worship, glorifying his name, what ought we better do? Praise and worship. If he loves good works, which is us showing the love of the Father to those around us, what ought we be doing? Good works. Not not focused on ourselves 24-7, but focused on those around us. Yeah? What's number three? Sharing with those in need. Some of y'all are in financial situations far beyond anything I will ever be. But some people around you need help. That brings glory to God. Y'all, this stuff is life-changing. This is revolutionary when we understand who we are and our purpose here. How to live and care for his temple. We're talking about three applicable, simple ways. I'm going to read these passages first. 1 Corinthians 
chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. What was the first thing I said about a temple? Everything was for the praise and the worship of the God in that temple. So what does that mean? Everything we do, whether it's eating our food or drinking, should be for the glory of God. We are his temple. Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Some of y'all need to put this on a sticky note and put it on your refrigerators. Those of us who are inclined to get angry easily or irritated or mad and then go spout our mouths out, I'm just being honest, need to read this. What does that say? Whatever you do in what? Word and deed. We need to put this on a sticky note and put it in front of us wherever we go because we need to be reminded that everything we do as a temple of the Holy Spirit is supposed to point towards Jesus, whether eating or drinking or talking or doing. Everything in our temple, order in our temple is everything pointing towards Jesus. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 through 24. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord and not for people. Wow, some of y'all are going to have a shift in perspective when you get mad about stuff in this church and you realize, wow, I wasn't even doing it for Pastor Josiah. Some of y'all are going to be, mm, Lord, you help me. Knowing that it is from the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. I cannot give you anything lasting. I cannot give you an eternal inheritance. Don't do it for me. Even those who, you who love me and want to do things for me, don't do it only for me. Do it for the Father. He is the one storing up treasures for an inheritance. Don't do it for me. I'm not worth it. Is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So wh- wh- what do these three passages say? The entirety of what you do and what you say is supposed to point towards Jesus. So that gives us three areas to look at. Three ways, you know, this is such an honor when we understand it that way. Three ways that we can live and care for his temple applicable. Number one is spiritually. You have to spiritually take care of his temple. And can I tell you, I'm not putting law on you. I'm giving you applicable, easy ways to live with Jesus. Spend time with the Father. Simply talk to him. That may be on your way to work. That may be on your way home from work. Whenever you're in your car, make that your holy place where you are. Talk to him. Y'all, we have made prayer way too formal sometimes. Talk to your father. His very spirit lives inside of you. Talk to your dad. It's that simple. Talk to your dad, but make time wherever you are. Read his word. Let let it renew your mind and give you rest. Y'all, it can be one or two verses. One or two verses that you really need to grab onto in that season. Read his word. Let it renew you and give you rest. Get involved in your church. Spend time with your faith family. Volunteer. Get plugged in. You know what's crazy? You can build some really cool friendships through just volunteering in a ministry here. People you would have never interacted with, like outside of the church, you can build a cool relationship with by volunteering. Getting connected. Giving. Y'all, listen, I don't just want your money. I want your gifts. I want your talent. I'm not afraid to tell you that. I want your spiritual gifts in this house. I want your time in this house. 
I want your talents in this house. I want it here. I want you to use it here. Y'all, how much of a shame would that be if y'all had these incredible gifts and you never use them here? I want you to use them here. You're special. I need you here. And this one has really been sitting with me. Seek first his kingdom. Y'all, if we do these three things, what did he say? He said, I will pour out everything else you need. Seek me. That doesn't mean, you know, spending 80 hours, 80 hours a week reading your Bible. That just means live life with him. He's the one who gives us the breath in our lungs. He's the one who gives us the health to walk, to talk, to think. It all goes back to him. And y'all, spiritually can easily be as those right there, those couple points. We don't got to make, listen, we're not living in the Old Testament. This isn't religion anymore, right? This is union with Jesus. It's not the same. Number two is mentally. Y'all, I told you last week, I struggle with anxiety. And if I don't keep that in check, it gets a hold of me. We have to make sure we are a people who are healthy mentally. Find times to sit and enjoy rest and no electronics. How easy is it after a long day to just sit with your phone or your iPad or the TV? Y'all, that's not rest. That's a false sense of rest. Rest is sitting in the presence of your father. Don't cheapen it. Sit, breathe, and rest. No electronics. Just sit, breathe, in the quiet. Listen, talk to people and verbally express your emotions. Get it off your chest. Y'all, I'm the type of person, even if I just need to explode for one minute to get things off, you got to talk about it. Talk about it with somebody. Find a trusted. That's why I said that we need people in this church that we can rely on to be accountability partners Me and Charlie have been having our um, therapy sessions together. (laughs) Listen, work on, listen, this helps. I guarantee it does. Work on positive self-talk. Remind yourself, hey, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hey, the Spirit of God lives in me. I'm a holy place. God chose me to be his dwelling place. That's positive self-talk. How much more positive could you get? Talk to yourself. Remind yourself of your identity. Take authority of your thoughts in the name of Jesus. Y'all, if we don't control our thoughts, our thoughts will control us. People have worked up some really crazy stuff in their minds that they convinced themselves was truth because they never took authority over their thought life. Your thoughts determine how you live. This helped me when I was working through my anger. Write your negative thoughts down and throw them away. Remind yourself that that thought is trash. It's not true. So what I did for two years when I was struggling with this anger, every time something would rise up in me, I'd write it down, I'd tear it out the notebook, and I'd throw it away. Why? Because it was a lie. It was garbage. It wasn't the truth. It made me live in a false reality. Number one is spiritually. Number two is mentally. Number three is going to make you all uncomfortable physically. We in the American church like to compartmentalize our faith. We want to point fingers at people with piercings and tattoos, but we're overweight and gluttonous. We want to point fingers at someone smoking a cigarette, but we don't want to talk about the fact we just had three double cheeseburgers. Y'all, I'm being honest. And y'all, I had to be honest with myself because when I first took over pastor, I gained 20 pounds in like two months. Thankfully, y'all, I couldn't even fit these pants anymore. It's bad. I've lost the weight. Praise God. But it's important. 
Y'all, if, if your body is going to crap, your mind is going to go to crap. And therefore, your spiritual life is going to go to crap. I'm, I'm being honest. You want to know what my motto has been the last month and a half? Less carbs, more carrots. I'm serious. Y'all think I'm, y'all, I am dead serious. It's important. Y'all, I could get into the health side of it because some, some of y'all don't remember how big I was when me and my family moved here. Y'all, I lost 110 pounds in high school. I was a hefty boy. Yeah. That's real. Y'all, it's important. So we're going to talk about some applicable things that are easy. Everyday life changes that are going to help us be healthier mentally and spiritually. Y'all, make exercise a priority. Even if it's just a walk around your neighborhood, make exercise a priority. I, I, have, I work out five days a week now because I know I need it. Me personally, I need a heavy workout five days a week to make myself feel good. By the way, CE, you made me feel good about myself when you squeezed my arm and said, oh, you've been working out? Yes, thank you, I have. Um, but listen, for me, y'all, you have to find your own routine that makes you feel good. For me, I like to do a lot of push-ups and a lot of curls and pull-ups. That's me personally. Why? Because when my body feels right, my mental state is stable, and my spiritual life, I'm able to focus on the Father better. Listen, Go for a walk in nature. Fresh air does the body good. We as Americans love to plop down in front of the TV when we're tired and then we just consume and then everything leads to more consumption. Go out, go outside, walk around, breathe, look at nature, let God speak to you through his creation. Y'all, some of the greatest revelations I've ever had about God was when I was traveling Europe and seeing the wonders he had created. See God in the small things, get out. Fresh air does you good. Make stretching a daily habit. Why? Because when we're stiff all the time, we feel tired all the time. Y'all, it can be as simple as stretching. Stretch every day. Let your body feel fresh. Let it feel good. Get out of that dopey, tired state you're always in. Because I, I know I've been there. I know it's, it's cumbersome. It's annoying. It's tiring. Stretch daily. Simple. This is easy. Go on walks with your spouse. You and your spouse probably need time to talk anyways. Just go take a walk. Breathe. Go take a walk. Express yourselves. Walk with your kids. Get your kids active. Healthy kids are going to live a healthy life. I can almost guarantee that. Get your family healthy. Simple. Go walk together. Family walks. Listen, being healthy physically can lead to being healthier mentally and spiritually. I want to see, and listen, what, Pastor, why did you talk about that? Because in order for your temple to be in proper order, we cannot compartmentalize what that means. We have a nature of three. Who else has a nature of three? The Holy Trinity. Spirit, mind, body. We have to take care of all three to be where God wants us to be. Can I tell you, the word that has been stuck with me for months is order. God wants to establish order, which then establishes health and peace. And I personally, it was funny, you know, because I was striving to be so healthy spiritually for y'all. But in reality, God wanted me to be healthy in all these different ways. And I had definitely let this one slack. This made this one slack. What good am I? What good am I if I'm only one out of three for you guys? I'm not doing anybody good. If we're so, you know, heavenly minded, we're no earthly good, what are we doing here? 
So as your pastor, I said all that to say this. Going into 2022, I need every single one of you to be intentional about how you order your temple. Because the places we are going, God is establishing order along the way to achieve what he always had for us. But if we are a people living in disorder, we cannot get there. That doesn't just fall on your pastor. Husbands, that's with your wives. Wives, that's with your husbands. Parents, that's with your kids. Kids, that's with your parents. There's got to be order. We were made in the image and likeness of our Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He expects us as his children to grab his order, not our own order. He even gave us that beautiful book called the Bible where he establishes order, not rules that are heavy, but order that is light and easy because what? His yoke is light and easy. You know what, Uncle Mark, will you pray us out, sir? Will y'all stand? That was an awesome word of God today. Amen? Something we all need to hear. Something we all need to keep embracing. And one of the things that, obviously, he always says so many things. I'm like trying to write it down and type it as fast as I can. Um, I can't keep up with him because he's running a mile a minute. So usually I'll send him a text during the week and say, hey, can you send me those notes? I'm, I'm going to need those. I didn't get them all down. Uh, but us being a temple, the awesome thing about that is God lives in me. He chose me to live inside. He chose you to live inside. And I don't care what you've been through. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. God chose you. And that's an awesome, awesome responsibility to know that God, Jesus Christ, the creator of this world, the one who died on the cross, lives inside of me. That is so awesome. And I can't, I can't even begin to fathom how awesome that is. I can't even wrap my mind around it. And I know you can't either, but, you know, as I watch this church grow from my beautiful front row seat, it's beautiful, right? I love that little place right there. But the cool thing about it is, is when they painted, I was able to move it around so I could actually see better. And the great thing about it is, as this church grows, I'm seeing new people come to the altar. I'm seeing new faces come to the altar. Kevin, I want to commend you, buddy. Every week, man, I watch Kevin, who's about to get married, an awesome man of God. And by the way, you got a few tattoos, right, brother? A few piercings too, right? <laughs> okay. This man comes down to the altar. The altar. He brings down his bride-to-be, and the first thing he does, he grabs her hand, and he raises his hand. He's setting a standard for his house. And, I, and the last I checked, the man's tatted up. <laughs> so God's going to do something in this church that – I think it's going to blow some people's mind. It's going to get us out of the ordinary and like, man, this is not what we're accustomed to. But last I checked, Jesus is not a, a custom kind of guy. He does the things that's uncustomary, and I love it. I love it. I love what he's doing. I love that he's shaking things up. I love that he's making things uncomfortable. And he said one thing today. He said that God, we always say, God, move, move in this house, move in this house, move, move in me, start a revival. I had a professor who used to say all the time, <laughs> I love him, his name is Dr. Tommy Thompson. And if he's watching today, I'm still talking about you, Dr. Thompson. He used to say, 
The human body will take care of itself. We just have to move our butt. He was the most simple man. You know what? Jesus Christ will take care of the matter if we just move our butt. We always say, God, move, move, move in this house. He's like, well, move, fool, move. Get on out of there. I'm trying to help you. So God, let what he said today, let it embrace inside of you. Let it, let it, don't just be here today. Marinate on it. Think about what he said. Meditate on it. Whether it be a verse, whether it be two verses, whether it be everything he said, meditate on it because it means something, okay? Father God, I just want to thank you for what you've done in this house today, Father God. I thank you for the word. I thank you that you are a mighty, mighty man of God and that you chose this congregation. You chose the people under the sound of my voice to live inside. You chose that temple to be inside of. You chose to use us for your kingdom and for your glory. And Father God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the new faces that you're bringing in, the new atmosphere that you're creating, the new changes that you're creating. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, Father God. So, Father, I pray and ask that we as a church will continue to embrace what you're doing, to not shake it up, to not say, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't like that, Father, but to embrace what you're about to do because we're in a new season and a new era. And, God, I know that you're about to do great things and mighty things. So, God, I pray and ask that we as a church today will continue to decrease so that you will increase in us. Let it be your will and not our will. Let it be your steps and not our steps. Let us move for Christ so that you can move in this house. Let us do what you have called us to do. Let us use the gifts that you've called us to have, the gifts and the, the, the spiritual gifts that we have. Let us use those for your kingdom. Let, don't let us just sit there and let them die in vain, but let us use them for your kingdom. Now, Father God, I pray in this church today, as they go out today, Father God, bless them. Bless them beyond their wildest dreams, O oh God. Father, not only financial blessings, because every time a person hears blessing, that's what they think. But God, what I'm talking about is a spiritual blessing. A blessing that when they walk out of this house, that people see, hear, and notice a difference in them. That they see the very residue of the Holy Spirit upon their life. That they know that Jesus Christ is living inside of them, and they want what's inside that person. So God, go with them today. Protect them. Keep your hand over them. Keep them from evil that harm them not, Father God. Let everything they do give you praise, Father God. Let every breath that comes out of their mouth, let it be nothing but praise and worship to you, Father God, because you deserve it. Because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords, Father God. You are the Ancient of Days, Father. God, we give you the glory, the praise, and all the honor for all the things you've done, all the things you're doing, and all the things you're about to do. And we give you glory, praise, and honor. And the church said, Amen. Amen, amen. We love you guys. We will see you guys tonight for the Seawalk Family Christmas at 6 p.m.